Hey, thanks for clicking play. I want to welcome you to the Advice from Hannah show. This is your host, Hannah Salazar, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 70, where we talk to Carlina from The Biz Maker, and we're going to learn how she pivoted in all her awesomeness. If you like this episode, please share with a friend. Remember that you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, Lastly, I want to thank you once again for listening to us. I love you from the very bottom of my heart, and I want to start this episode, shall we? And welcome back to the Advice from Hannah show. I have yet another guest here on with us today and i'm super excited to have her on carlina welcome hi how excited are you i'm super excited i'm trying to contain it right now so yeah but i'm super excited to be here today so thank you for having me i'm beyond stoked i kind of want to let everybody know of your greatness but i'm sure they already know but we're just going to talk about it a bit more so like what's popping what do you do yo (laughs) <laughs> see this is why i'm glad i'm here um yeah so i guess in the the grand scheme of things i'm just that person that's everywhere doing all the things in events uh so whether that's hosting events speaking at an event planning an event uh events are pretty much my bread and butter and my lifeline and that's what my day-to-day looks like outside of that i am a concert connoisseur a naturalista obsessed with youtube and just a lover of all things social media you you you're humble though <laughs> why why does everybody come on here and they're so humble when they describe themselves she's the person for events um she has a biz mi- biz mixer and it's super dope how how's that going online like you're, you're i don't know anybody that's online as much as i am so <laughs> uh it's been great actually it's like kind of exploded and I didn't think it was going to, to be honest, to be very honest. Um, when this unprecedented time happened, uh, we were in the process of doing our event live and literally had to just re-figure out what we're going to do and flip our event from a live in-person event to a virtual event in the span of 48 hours. So I was online at 3 a.m. refunding people announcing that we're doing a virtual event, the first one that we've ever done, and figuring out how we were going to host this event online. Um, So it was a long week of just figuring out how to kind of bring that essence of our events to the online space. And when I looked around, I saw most of the networking events uh, for entrepreneurs in my area were being canceled and postponed. So I really had two options. I could kind of take the easier route and just say, you know, like no one's going to hold it against me if I decide to postpone our event or cancel it because, you know, like it's everyone's doing it. Right. But of course, I'm me and I dare to be different and I love a good challenge. So I said, you know what, I'm going to be the one that can, you know, still show up for my community and just stay true to why I started the Biz Mixer in the first place. And it was great we had over 65 entrepreneurs online for three hours i had to pull them off of the zoom call Um, we had people tuning in from the uk from jamaica from the states and canada so it was an amazing experience and um i mean we're up to our fifth event this month and we're just growing and growing uh we're 
we're set to hit 100 entrepreneurs online and it's just going to be great and I'm just super excited about what we're doing and the community that we're fostering and how supportive everyone is and just we're just vibing we're vibing who are you and how did you even come on my show (laughs) that's a good question I feel like you met me before I met you to be honest right is that yeah yeah, that usually happens That usually happens. I usually have an eye of like talent and then I'm just like, okay, wait, it's not our time to meet yet. And then they eventually just end up right in front of me. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Over time. It's kind of what I do. It's the Hannah thing. It's the Hannah thing. Um, the Hannah effect. <laughs> it is. I call it Hannified. Hannified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to get into this right now because this is about you and. You know, saying what you just said, I needed to be different. I needed to stand out and kind of have this event, hell or come high water. Um, this is how I think you and I are very similar because I don't care what's happening. I'm going to drop these podcast episodes, whether COVID is happening or not. So (laughs) (laughs) dropping it. I don't care. Um, what would you say are your motivating factors? Like what makes you, you, because this isn't normal. I hope you know that. It but, is it? No, your your drive, <laughs> the drive to move and make things happen that isn't installed in everybody. That's a factory mm-hmm. setting that you came with. So I'm I'm curious to know what motivates you to move, especially because I find that it's more discipline than motivation, but we'll start with motivation first. Mhm. Uh it's interesting that you say that cuz I was just on a live today talking about the whole concept of the fact that we're all here for a purpose. And when you become in alignment with what your purpose is, then it's almost like nothing can stop you. So for me, once I realized what I was meant to do on this earth, it kind of just motivated me to keep going. Um, Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with my parents and kind of talk about what it was like um, my mom being pregnant with me and all the complications she had and the age that she had me at and like, stars in alignment I shouldn't have really been here based on normal biological um rules I guess laws um I was a c-section baby uh so there's a lot of complications at birth so I really uh went through a lot to be here and I think just having that conversation with my mom about what she went through and and how I got here it just really solidified the fact that I'm just not here just by chance and I'm meant to do great things. So once I kind of like came into tune with that, then it kind of motivates me to keep going because it's just reminding myself that, yo, like, as I said this morning, like you're oxtail, you're not chicken back. You're the sperm that made it. Like you're meant to be here. And I think that's what motivates me is that I have a purpose and something that I need to accomplish before I leave this earth. And I know that I'm going to leave a legacy that people remember my impact on the world. And just reminding myself about that is what really keeps me going, because I think it's really important for those motivating factors to be things that are like more internal than external. I know there's people that motivate me outside of my outside of myself. But once I came into tune with what I felt like was my internal motivating factor, that that really can't be unwavered. It's when you put your trust in humans, it's it's kind of uh, you get let down, like people let you down all the time. But I think the one person that won't let you down is yourself. So if you're motivated by your own self, then that's what really keeps me disciplined and keeps me going is just uh, having that inner 
um, knowing of that I have a purpose to fulfill. How are you going to mic drop so early in the game? You're supposed <laughs> to wait to say these kind of answers. <laughs> I'm not normal. You said it yourself. You're supposed to wait towards the end. You know, now they're going to log off and that's it. They're like, yeah, she dropped her gem. She dropped her gem. You you touch on something. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm like, how are you going to mic drop? You're supposed to hold on to the gems. Hold on to them until the end. Um, but I feel like this whole entire conversation is going to be quotable moments, shareable moments. When you said that you're meant to be here, that you're on this earth for a purpose, a lot of us walk around our whole entire lives finding a purpose. What would you say to somebody who's listening to me right now who's like, oh, great, she found her purpose. Now what? How can I find mine? Mm-hmm. I honestly would say the biggest thing is just I don't want to. I don't know how to frame it this way, but I found out what I really meant to do in life. I, I, I found out what I really was meant to do in life when I hit like a rock bottom moment. And I think there's always a defining moment in everyone's life that kind of forces you to look internally. And I think once I went through that period of um, being in a helping profession and not wanting to be here, it really made me have to be very introspective about what my purpose is and like just being very reflective of over the span of 29 years of life, what have I consistently been really good at and naturally um, talented in? And that is kind of how I figured out that, you know, I'm a, I'm a legit like super boss connector. That's just always who I've been. Um, I've always been super resourceful. I was always that friend that people would come to um, for the plug and to like, let people know what's going on behind the scenes and just always in the in the spaces. So I just feel like in every part of my life, whatever whatever career I've had or whatever job I've had, it's just the same, uh, I guess, place that I that I kind of fell into is just always being that connector. And now I'm able to do that through events. And I did that with students. And before that, I did that when I worked at event venues and, and all of that. So with, with every job that I've had or career um, change that I've had, this one consistent thing has just been uh, being that resource and that connector and kind of like that well that people um, come to for that support and um, connection and, and the plug pretty much is what I've known in my circle. So it's something that I'm proud of. And I think it's really having that defining moment of that introspection and just taking a stock of like, what have you consistently been good at? What comes naturally to you that seems like nothing, but most times people are asking you the same questions or they're always coming to you for certain things. Um, that's kind of how I've came, come to my purpose. At one point in my life, it kind of felt like it was annoying. Like, oh, people are always asking me for like information on this. Why can't they just Google it? Um, but once I changed my mindset to think about, OK, well, why are people coming to me all the time for this? Because I'm a resource. What does that mean? So I think really take a stock at, at like what you're consistently good at, what people come to you for and what people kind of tell you that they they know you for. I think your um, circles will will tell you a lot about yourself, too. Absolutely. I feel like it's important that we look inward and see what's the same question that we're getting over and over again. And like you said, how annoying is it to be asked the same thing? But that could be your blessing in disguise. I want to touch upon this subject with you because we've talked about it offline, off camera. Um, you're a force. So when you move this much, 
I kind of feel sometimes myself, I'll be raw, I feel like I'm overcompensating in the business world because something else is lagging in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you find that you're feeling a void by being such a force in the business world? Like you, you being such a plug that you're, you're fulfilling something in, in the past? Cause I can get real like raw right here and probably cry, but I, I kind of want to know what is that? Do you feel that yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think three years ago when I was deciding to leave my, my role working with students, I think that's where I came to terms with I'm op- overcompensating. And a lot of it came from uh, not really feeling like I was qualified for the roles that I had. Peers uh, kind of being upset of people, how fast I'm able to progress in things and just that natural gift of just that instant rapport and like just excelling all the time. Um, so I think with that, it always felt like people were, I guess they always thought like for my age and for what my rap sheet is, it just doesn't add up. Like, how are you 24 years old and you're this like versed and you're able to lead this well and you're such a strong force. So it always felt like people don't think I should be able to do the things that I can do. So I have to prove them wrong. So for the longest time, it would always be like, I need to be the top of the class. I need to be valedictorian. I need to be the shining person in the class so I can prove everybody else wrong. And a lot of that trickled into to business. And, and granted, it's beneficial for your clients and for your business when you're like trying to be the best and prove everyone wrong because you you give you do great work. But internally, it then becomes that well, I consistently have to output at a certain level. And when I can't output at a certain level, then because I'm letting my work and my output and my excellence define me, that's when a lot of that mental health comes in and that self-doubt and that lack of confidence and the fact that you're, you'll be fine and you'll still be as great as you are if you're not able to perform at a certain standard. So I think um, for me, it's it's definitely been true with that overcompensation of not really believing in myself and having that self-confidence and um, just feeling like the accolades and the accomplishments are how I was able to fill that lack of um, confidence growing up. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one because it's positive reinforcement when you have good results and you get the praise but the motivation isn't necessarily positive, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally made sense for those who want to hear it and listen to it right now, especially when, you know, you're going a thousand miles per minute and you're trying to prove a point. But inside you're like, shoot, I'm tired. Is this going to work next time around? Is this going to be popping next year? You know, it, it's kind of like that inner battle with yourself. Mm-hmm. I call that like I'm constantly battling myself with trying to beat yesterday's Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a consistent uh, kind of competition with yourself to just try and always be better. And sometimes that takes away from the ability to just be still. I know for me, that's something I really struggle with is just being um, and not having guilt when I'm just being it's it's honestly to the point where like this past weekend I spent the whole day just in my bed sleeping and like people thought 
I was sick. They're like, what do you mean? You just did nothing all day. I'm like, I literally did nothing. Um, so within circles and friends and family, they just start to get to know you as that person that's always moving a thousand miles a minute and is always doing something and always in the mix. And, and this, you kind of create this persona for yourself that now you have to live up to. And when you're not able to live up to that caliber of output, it's almost like people think that something's wrong when your norm is necessary. It's not necessarily everyone else's norm, but to be normal and to just be still and just rest is, is more normal than what you're actually doing, which is pretty extraordinary and abnormal. So um, it's, it's just been an interesting way of moving through the world and kind of redefining what that means for myself. And I guess reteaching people about who I am and what, what it means uh, to be Carlina, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a process. And I think we, we create a lot of these standards for ourselves that sometimes we can't reach, we can't reach them and that's okay. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been, been something that I'm, I'm working through and being okay with those days when I'm just mediocre Carlina. You mean you don't want to be on 24 seven working? <laughs> I, I do, but at the same time, people are checking me now. Like people, I was talking to my friend the other day where, um, they're saying, yeah, like I have accountability partners so that they help me get work done. My accountability part, accountability partners, uh, help me make sure that I uh, eat, um, that I go for walks and get fresh air and just basic stuff that people typically know to do. Um, so, so yeah, I would love to work 24 seven if I could, but eventually your body tells you no. So that's pretty unfortunate, but that's, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is. We can't be on 24 seven. It's, uh, you know what? I get asked at least twice a week if I ever sleep. Like, it's a question. Like, do you sleep? I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. And we've talked about this before because it's like, I'll be up until two or three in the morning and then back up again at seven, like posting. And people are like, wait, your post, you literally just posted at like two 30 in the morning and you're up at seven. Like, when did you have time to sleep? It's like, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you, but the, I think what it is, is I feel so in tune with what I want to be doing and what I'm doing. It, I don't want to say it doesn't feel like work. It is definitely work. But I feel so excited about getting up every day to do what I'm doing that it's almost like I'm running on adrenaline 24-7 until I crash at the end of the week, um, which sucks. But it's, it's I guess, good in the meantime. So It's definitely, I definitely hear you and I hear myself. And I don't mm -hmm. say that very candidly. Um, yeah. I'm just like, hey, I get it. I totally get it. Especially, I want to ask you, during this pandemic, we all had to slow down. It sounds like you didn't slow down. And for some reason, I decided to, you know, drop a podcast and do event series and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fundraising. What's happening? I don't know. Right? I like um, 10x. People are like, oh, like, slow down. I'm like, no, I'm just going to do 10 times more things because I have more time. So I must do more things. And uh, then yeah, you so totally you. think <laughs> that you're not doing anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, I, I literally feel, I was just talking to, I was having one of my calls, um, and I was just like, man, I feel like I'm not moving. And the person on the line is like, are you joking? 
She's like, are you serious, Hannah? Do you see what you're doing right now? No, I just doesn't feel like I'm doing enough, you know? Like, there's just so many hours in the day, and I'm just not filling up 25 of those 24 hours. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> how? How? I'm just like, what is happening right now? But how did you, or have you been able to deal with the pace that pandemic is going through like i'm i get frustrated because i can't get things done as fast as i used to mm-hmm. um like it's a real you know i want to go to the store and get this and i can't because there's a lineup and there's this i'm ordering this i want this person to talk to me but they can't because it's pandemic and never you know so it's mm-hmm. super frustrating for me to slow down because i see it part oh, like yeah. in my face how have you like what's your world like <laughs> Listen, uh, nobody takes me to the grocery store because I get very antsy and very annoyed. Like, <laughs> I, I get it with the whole slowdown and like having not being able to move at the high pace that I'm used to um, definitely has kind of bothered me. So I just choose not to put myself in spaces where I have to deal with that. But I, I totally get what you're saying, where for someone who is used to moving at such a quick pace and especially being in events, which events are super high paced and mm-hmm. high energy and and high intensity, um, going from working eight to 10 hour days where you're seeing thousands of people and everything is go, go, go. You have your 30 minute break and you just keep going. And that's just the culture. That's that's just the norm for everybody in your industry. Going from that to saying like, oh, there's there's absolutely nothing to do okay, so then what do we do? So it just almost feels like you're driving 100 kilometers an hour and then you hit a block of traffic and you have to slam on the brakes and you're just like, okay, well, now what, right? And and you're there for hours and you're thinking to yourself, okay, so uh, when's this, uh, this going to be over? And just even looking at how things are starting to roll out with uh, what's going on, it's almost like, so at what point do I get to go back to what my norm is and what my pace is? And it just almost feels like um, the phase for events are going to be probably one of the last ones. And our world is going to be totally different. And what will that mean for what we're used to and how we're used to working? It's um, something that I think about every day. And I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. All I can say is, uh, it's been kind of weird slowing down, at least to this pace. Um, I'm trying to see the silver lining in it. But I guess my biggest concern right now is like when everything gets back to uh, in motion, like what is that day to day going to look like? And the identity of what it means to be an event manager and strategist, like what will that be? And I guess that's what my thought is right now is uh the pace that I'm used to to going at and how things typically run and, and work, that's going to completely change. And what will that mean for events and, and what I do? Absolutely. I totally, I totally see where you're coming from. And I, and I comprehend the, the anxiousness that it could feel like, because this is your bread and butter and what you do. But if there's anything that I know from advice from Hannah world on my end is that you will find a way to do whatever it is that needs to get done in yeah. a rapid pace. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry much about that. I would most worry about how people would perceive how fast you're moving. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause even now, like it's been an interesting thing where, um, a lot of people are like, man, like you're, 
you're, you're doing a lot. You're like, I had someone send me a LinkedIn message today, like, yeah, like, Carlin, I just wanted to message you to be like, yeah, it looks like you're just busy, busy as always. It looked like I thought you would have slowed down with this pandemic, but it just looks like you're even more busy. I'm like, Carlina will find a way. Carlina will find a way to, <laughs> to just keep going. So, yeah. Can we make that into a tagline? Carlina will find a way. Carlina will find a way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your COVID-19, uh, hashtag. You should put Carlina should find I have a to way. Start using it every- I have to put on every post now. Hashtag Carlina will find a way. Yeah. Can you? OMG. <laughs> I, I'm going to make it a thing. Like, we're going to make it a thing. <laughs> I'm excited. Fine. It was born on the advice from Hannah show. Fine. I'll take it. i give it. you full credit. I'll give you your 2% royalties. Done. Done. <laughs> you know, lately people have been throwing these royalty things at me and I'm just like, ooh, yes, I will take this. I will take it and roll with it. I got to, yeah. before we jump off, I want to ask you, my very last question, just because I feel like it's super important. I had an episode about um, Survivor's Guild and how you feel about success and how it's portrayed in your circle of family and friends. Um, has your relationships changed because of the success that you're experiencing? And if so, how have you been able to, to shift the, the scope with it and not feel as guilty? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I can I told you I saved the juice for last, man. Right? Um, I would go back to the whole perspective of being the the resource because now what's happening, which is really interesting, is where it used to be. I was among my peers, and we're growing together. It's almost like hitting the nitro button. So mm-hmm. I don't know for anyone out there who's ever played video games or Need for Speed. I really love Need for Speed. But when you hit that nitro button, it's like you all started at the same starting line and somehow you have this extra juice that you've hit and now you've completely like been so separated from your peers that now it's this interesting dynamic of um, those people not feeling like you're attainable, whereas you still love these people and you still want to be in that circle. But it's almost like based on your work ethic and what they're seeing you do and like the accomplishments that you're making and where they're seeing you and all of that. It's almost like, um, the creating like a, a distance between you and your peers, which is very interesting where there's, there's times where my friends and family will just assume that I'm busy and just, I just won't get invites to things. And I'm just like, Hey guys, like, even if I couldn't make it, I still wanted the invite. Um, so things like that where, uh, people kind of make that perception of you have reached a level of success that puts you outside of this circle. So you're almost like an outlier. And sometimes that makes me feel like, oh, well, maybe if I just like slowed down a bit or didn't, you know, have it in my mind that I want to achieve and over excel and like do the most that I can do while I'm here on this earth. Um, maybe if I, I did more of what everyone else did, then I would be more, I guess, accepted or included into what people typically do on a day to day. Um, but then I decide, nah, that I don't want to do that. So then I just continue to do what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I guess the, the, the survivor, survivor's guilt in it is the, the shift that I've seen of late being in business and entrepreneurship and leading entrepreneurs and business owners and being that leader and, and source for, for strangers, a lot of my older cousins and people that I 
I still look up to are now coming to me saying like you inspire us now like we're 10 15 years older than you but when we were your age like we weren't making as much impact as like as you are now so it's like almost like that shift between and it's so interesting like having your 40 year old cousins come to you and ask you for like business and entrepreneur advice because they want to start something and it's like these are the people that you're used to going to and now it's kind of like the tables have kind of turned. So that's an interesting dynamic as well. And, and I, I guess to go back to your question about, you know, surviving and experiencing uh, those guilts in the relationships, I think at the end of the day, I just always remind myself is regardless of how people's interaction with me change, whether they're, they feel okay with what I'm accomplishing or, or whatnot, it's always just a mirror. So anybody that, feels like you started in the same point and now you're way past and you kind of got out and you've kind of surpassed that space and you've kind of put that behind you for better things a lot of the times their lack of support for you their lack for showing up for you or really you know checking in with you even to say like hey like how are you doing or all of that lack of that tends to bother you sometimes a lot of that is a mirror that people sometimes cannot come to terms with the fact that you had the same tools and you had the same start and you were able to 10x what you got and sometimes it doesn't sit well with people and it can be a mirror but at the same time I try to see it as it's an opportunity for people to be inspired I always have the doors open I always tell people dms are always open I'm always willing to support and they eventually come around when they're ready when they get past um, that feeling and and for me, it's I'm just in the process of not feeling guilty for the success and like whoever is supposed to be a part of my circle in whatever stage of life is meant to be there. And unfortunately, like there's nothing I can do about it if people are, you know, upset or like making me feel guilty or just really trying not to hold on to that guilt because it's just super unfair to myself and what I can accomplish to hold on to that. That was so nice. <laughs> I know, right? The host always gets in their feelings. I need to work on that. <laughs> this is my success, so you're going to have to deal with it, okay? Thanks. Come yeah. back never. <laughs> come back never. Like, come back when you're ready. Because I'll, I'll have people that we stopped interacting because they felt like, Oh, you're so far ahead. And like, you're just doing your own thing. You're so focused on yourself and you have no time for us or whatever. Those are the same people that like 10 years later come back like, Hey, like I'm thinking of starting something. And like, I've been watching and seeing what you're doing. And you know, I'd love to like bounce some ideas off of you. And I just always remind myself to have that compassion to people do what they can for what they have at, their different stages in life so it's never it's never a bad mind thing <laughs> I always love people from afar and at the same time knowing that you can curate your circle so just because someone you know comes back around to ask for support or to bounce an idea off of you you still have control of access and I think that's something that I'm learning a lot is um, you get to choose how much access people have to you and that's no shade to anybody that's no beef that's nothing against people but you're in control of how much people get to dip into your well 
and just rem- remembering that and not letting people kind of come and have a field day on your juice, um, you have control over it. So just always remembering that too. I like to say that just to kind of add a tad bit to it, I've been finding myself that I would help people because of like the guilt because I felt mm-hmm. guilty that I'm somewhere that they're not. But only yeah. until recently, it's COVID taught me this. Is <laughs> <laughs> COVID taught me? <laughs> COVID taught me that I'm telling you, yo, the things I've learned in the last three months or whenever this airs is probably by the time this airs, I've, I've, I would have learned. You and I, so much more learning. But right. is I can't help you because you feel like you don't have the opportunities. I only choose to help people that I need to push a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, rally behind. I could cheer all day till a cow come home for people. Like, no yeah. issue doing that. But if you're not going to move, if you're not going to pick up your feet and move or take that pen and write or type that email, then there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah. So it really comes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really comes down to the uh, enablement, I think. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something like I just I wanted to add that tad bit in there like I can help you but you have to help yourself in the end of it you gotta yeah. want it you gotta be hungry because you know we're out here all trying to eat so yeah. <laughs> girl you know you're talking about oxtail but oxtail super 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 expensive so you know we may have to buy chicken back because that's all we could afford but we're not always gonna be eating that forever. But I'm talking about you can buy the chicken back, but you yourself are the oxtail. You're the high top notch. So that's that's why I I just remind myself you're out. even just if you're the gravy, because you know sometimes you go to these restaurants and they don't even want to give you the oxtail gravy. They don't want to give you the juice drippings off the gravy off the oxtail. You know. So, <laughs> but that's another bone to pick with Jamaican restaurants. But you know, I digress. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the juice later. Why don't why don't why don't they want to give us the juice? I'm done. I'm done. Carlina, this has been super fun. I know you're a busy girl, and I want to thank you for being on the platform. Where can we find you? Like, what's popping? Where can they go? Hit you up on DM. Yeah. So if you want to check us out at the Biz Mixer, so it's T H E B I Z M I X E R. Um, I'm behind that account. So if you DM there or interact with us there, you can find all of the other places that I am um, and just search my name on LinkedIn. And yeah, those are the two spots that, I, that, I'm, that I'm at, Instagram and the, and the LinkedIn. That's where you can find me. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm super humble for you to come on my show. This is your home. Come back whenever you want. Um, doors are always open if you ever want to chat and ramble about anything else <laughs> sounds amazing thank you so much for having me on here this is super fun i know we always have great conversation and i'm shocked that we were able to do this in the time that we were because we typically talk for hours so this was great well you know i know a thing or two about <laughs> a thing or two <laughs> no oh, thing I or two it. Super fun. Thanks for being on. As always, this is your favorite podcast host, Advice from Hannah, coming at you with Carlina on the other side, signing off now. Toodles. Yay. (laughs) That was fun. A little short and sweet. Just like me. I love it. (laughs) 
I loved it. Yeah.